Well, how's everyone? Good, good. It's great to be up here with y'all today. Um, Pastor Jeff asked me a couple of weeks ago to uh, talk on the Good Samaritan. And I just want you to know I've read the Good Samaritan over and over and over before. And this time it just really, just tore me apart. Uh, because the Lord opened up these many, many things in this parable that I know I'm not doing that I should be doing. So he, he just really opened it up. And I, I want to uh, start off with saying, uh, my name is David Clifton. Uh, I have a ministry in Metal, Georgia uh, called JC's Ranch. That's called Jesus Christ's Ranch with Second Chances Are Possible. Um, there's times where we don't come to church here, uh, not because we don't want to. It's just a distance, and we're having to go out and see other churches and visit other churches for our ministry. Uh, so I don't know if everybody knows who I am, but I, I just want you to know I am a member of the church, and uh, I just love to come and, and see y'all and love on y'all, and y'all love on me uh, when, I, when we're able to come. Uh, but our ministry uh, deals with men. That are struggling with addiction. And we just had one yesterday get baptized. Praise God. He gave his life to Jesus Wednesday and he got baptized yesterday. I don't know about you, but I just love to see God work. You know, a lot of times in our life, we don't, we don't take that time to see what he's really doing in our life. But I guarantee you, if you step back and just watch, you'll start seeing more and more of him working in your life. And it's very powerful. And I think that he has trusted me into having a ministry for men struggling with, with addiction, coming out of prison, or whatever it may be. You know, just like the Good Samaritan. You know, what is a good, what is a good Samaritan? What is our neighbor? What is our neighbor? Our neighbor is not someone just sitting beside us. It's not that person. It's not that person that lives next door to you. It's not that person. It's not this person that dresses just exactly like you. Or maybe uh, enjoys the same uh, sports and activities as you do. That's not your neighbor. What he's talking about here as, as a neighbor is that person you probably would never ever come in contact with. And it's just so powerful as we read the Word of God and how He opens up these scriptures to us and lets us know that we're not doing what we're supposed to do. None of us. And I'm going to stand before you up here and I'm going to say a lot of things, but I'm talking to myself, okay? I deal with it every day. I fail every day. Multiple times. Multiple, multiple. Over and over and over and over times a day. But you know what? I have the Lord Jesus in my heart and he lives in it and he lets me know when I'm doing wrong and he lets me know when I need to fix things. Now, I have a choice to fix them or just go on through life and doing what I want to do. But I choose to fix things. I want to fix them because I want to be closer to him today than I was tomorrow. And each and every day, that's my goal, to get more and more strength from him. The word's open for me to read. The word's open for me to be able to, to soak it up and, and, and get that wisdom that he can give me. But I have to do that. I have to be able to, to open it up and read it and take that initiative to go and read that word. 
and find out who Jesus is. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, that we come before you as we start reading Scripture, Lord God, I just ask you to be with each and every person here. Lord, be with me. But be with us all, Lord. Let us have the world closed out right now, Lord God. Just open your scriptures up to us and let us see what you would have us see. All the anxiety and, and, and all the struggles that we face, Lord God, just trap them away somewhere that we can't even feel them, Lord God. And let us concentrate on your word, your precious word, Lord. Let us understand it. Let us soak it up. Let us get something from it today, Lord. And Lord, I just love you and I thank you for the opportunities. I thank you for uh, the gift of salvation that you want all of your children to go to heaven. Lord, I thank you. In your precious and holy name I pray. Amen. So the scripture comes from Luke. And it comes from Luke 10. And we're going to start off in verse 25. And it says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? Now, I'm going to ask a bunch of questions, but please don't raise your hand. Because I don't want nobody to feel... Wrong or saddened or whatever you may feel if you raise your hand and nobody else does. But have you ever tested Jesus? My answer is yes. Because if I'm doing something that I know I'm not supposed to be doing, and he's telling me that I should be doing it a certain way, then I'm testing him. I'm testing him in all kind of different ways. And I like the way Jesus does it. Jesus knew his heart, this, this guy's heart, he knew what he was coming on. He was testing Jesus. He wasn't doing it because he wanted to know where the eternal life came from. He was doing it to trap Jesus. And he knew, and he, he knew this. Because if you read other scriptures, when, G, when Jesus know, knew the heart of a, of a person that was really wanting eternal life, he would share the gospel with them. He would let them know this. What it, what it took to do it. But he, he asked them. And he, he put it in where I want you to answer this. And he read it. And he said, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And with all your soul. And with all your strength. And with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. What do you think this guy thought when this, this expert in the law? He, oh, yeah, I got that right. You know, he thought he had it. He thought he had it. Oh, I can love God. Anybody can love God, right? But it don't say love God. It says, what does it say? It says Love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's all of it. That's not a space left in there. That's loving him with everything that you have. So just like Jesus knew that 
the expert of the law could not do this, we can't do it either. There's no way possible. Have you ever told your wife you love her with all your heart? I'm sure you have. Some of us, maybe. How do you love somebody with all your heart? You're loving them with everything that you have. Everything. You're loving them with your thoughts. You're loving them with your strength. You're loving them with everything that you have. You want to make sure that you doing what you're supposed to do. You want to make sure that if, if, if he's telling you to do something, you're doing it. You want to follow him in that direction. You want to give your life to him. You want to surrender to him. You want to do all these things because you love him with all your heart. What about loving with all our soul. There's nothing that can come between you and God. There's nothing more important if you're loving him with your whole soul. There's nothing more important. There's nothing, anything, any person or any created thing in this world cannot become between you and God if you're giving him your, you're loving him with your whole soul. There's nothing that can stand between it. Nothing. Again, I'm talking to you up here. I'm talking to myself. I'm not some high and mighty person. Believe me. For all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. That's everybody. Amen. And it goes on and says, what about our strength? Loving them with all our strength. Giving them that love when you're going through that struggle. When you're fighting something, that anxiety like the song was talking about, different things like that. What about that strength you have to have and continue to love him when, the, when those times come? What about that? Are you loving him in that situation? The good times and the bad times. Because that's what it means. We're supposed to love him even when we're going through trials. It don't matter what we're going through in our life. We should give him praise for it. These trials will build us up and make us stronger. Nobody likes to think about that, but it's true. What about our mind? Are you loving him with your mind, your whole mind, all your mind? Well, that's a hard one for me because my mind's out there sometimes. And it, it's just floating all over the place. You know? And I won't call up no sins today. I'll let you deal with that yourself. What I'm saying is, what about the mind? Are you giving that love to God in your mind when you think something bad and, 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 you, and it just floats in your mind and you can't get it out of there? Loving God with all your mind means getting that stuff out of there. Doing away with it. How are you going to do away with it? Over in Romans 12, I'm going to read from that scripture just real quick. And it says in Romans 12, I'm going to read 1 and 2. 
because I like both of them. I love them, matter of fact. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing will. So in order for us to get our mind right, I, I know only one way to get our mind right. And if anybody else, they can speak up and say, no, nah, there's other ways. But get, getting in the Word of God and, uh, and learning Him. So I'm going to ask a question. How can you love someone if you don't know who they are? If you do not know who God truly is, the Son of Jesus, if you do not know who He is, how can you love Him? And these guys will tell you that, that, are, that are in our, our, that's part of our family. They'll tell you that I steady on them about getting a relationship with Jesus. Because there's nothing else more important than having a relationship with Jesus Christ, our Savior. The one that died on the cross. The one that gave his life for us. There's nothing more important than doing that. There's nothing more important than having quiet time with him. Sitting down and starting reading his word and understanding who he really is and what he did for us. I mean, we all kind of know what Jesus did. Okay? He died on a cross. He came to earth. Okay? As a child. He was a living sacrifice for us, for our sins. Everybody knows that. Okay? And, well, I say don't take that for granted because everybody don't know that, okay? But, and then he rose, right? So we, we know these things. But when you get in the Word and start studying the Word, there's so many things that he will open up. There's so much wisdom in that Word that it's unbelievable that he will open up and give you answers to the problems that you're facing every day. Maybe it's a, a, a drug addiction. Who knows what it is? Maybe it's just a struggle of lust. Maybe it's a struggle of different things. I'm not going to call out a bunch of them, but it's a struggle. But I guarantee you the answer's in there without a question. But how are we going to love someone if we don't even know who he is? So I'm just telling you to go into his word and start learning it and understanding it. If you think you can do it one day a week going to church... I'm, I'm sorry. I hate to break the news for you. You can't do it. There's no way possible. There's no way possible you can learn who Jesus Christ is by going to church once a week. And he goes on in 29. And he says, but he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus. And who is my neighbor? Hmm. Well, he probably thought Jesus was just going to say, you know, this guy right here, he looks like you or whatever. But that ain't what Jesus did. 
But he wanted to justify himself because he already had that one whip, right? He, he already had, do this and you will live. He thought he was living. He thought he was going to go to heaven. He thought he had eternal life. But he was stuck on love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus told the parable. And it says, in reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Two religious guys, a priest and a Levite. But I like to think of it as, as a little bit further and, and not just use them two, okay? Think of it as, a, as being a follower of Jesus Christ. Like a child of God. Once you're a child of God, you're supposed to be a follower of Jesus, right? But the priest went to the other side of the road. They don't say he just kind of, no, he went to the other side. A priest and a Levite. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story that happened this, it was this week. It was, uh, I think it was Tuesday. And it broke my heart because it shouldn't be this way. It really shouldn't be this way, what I'm fixing to tell you. We pulled up to a Parker's and there was a, 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 a young man. I, I say young man. He was younger than I was. And he was doing the trash. And he had a, his son with him. And uh, come to find out, the son was 10 years old. Okay? So I was pumping fuel, and I, I started a conversation with him and talking to him a little bit and, and seeing where they were at with their life, you know. And, and uh, I asked him if he knew Jesus. And I, yeah, we know Jesus. We pray. We pray. And, I, you know, I said, well, that's good. That's great. And I say, do you go to church? The next words out of his mouth broke my heart because he said, no, because they're hypocrites. Until us as a church starts living as a church in the way we're supposed to live and doing for our neighbors the way we're supposed to do, that's the kind of response we're going to get. Because, and, and you can say, well, that's a cop-out. And it might be a cop-out for some people. But I guarantee you some people have been hurt by the church. Church is a seven-day-a-week affair. It's not, I came to church today and I'm good for the rest of the week. When you leave here, the church goes with you. You are the church. You are the body of Christ. So whatever you do in your life reflects the church, Jesus Christ. And we need to protect our Savior. No one needs to think that we're all hypocrites. 
But we need to start living that way. And again, how are you going to know how to live if you don't know who he is? And he goes on. And it's uh, verse 33. And it says, But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He saw him and took pity on him. Now, Jesus used a Samaritan. As we know in uh, the woman at the well, uh, Samaritans and Jews didn't really talk. Why? Because they, they, they wasn't like everybody else. They were outcasts. They were, uh, I, I think it was a mixture of Jews and Gentiles, and they, would, they just didn't fit in with the Jews. And, and the Jews didn't like them and blah, blah, blah. What about that person that you came in contact with that was an outcast? That person that needed some love and some help that you just threw to the side? That person that you just completely left and you could have helped? What about that person? Just because they didn't look exactly like the way you look. You know... It used to bother me, and I think I mentioned this before, but it used to bother me a lot because I got tattoos, you know. And people start looking at you a little different when you have tattoos and because some people don't have them and they, you know, they look at you a little different or you might be a little crazier than others, you know, and, you know, doing exciting things and what the heck's wrong with this guy, you know, stuff like that. And it's stuff like that used to bother me. But you know what? Since, since the Lord has given me strength and power, it don't bother me no more what people think. Because the only person that I need to please is Jesus Christ. Amen. But don't let somebody's outward appearance stop you from doing what you're supposed to do. Amen. Because it's all in this book that we're supposed to show love. And he goes on. And I guarantee you, that expert in the law didn't think he was going to throw that Samaritan in there, but he did. And he put it in there for a reason. And in 34, he said, He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him. He said, and then when I return, I will embarrass you for any extra expenses you may have. In all reality, this guy was beaten and left to death, right? So back then, I take it as he probably couldn't talk at the time. So he, he, he couldn't speak, so he didn't really know what region he was from. You know, from the south, you know I'm from the south. If, if someone from the north talked, you know they're from the north. You know, but they, he didn't have that. So he didn't really know who he was. He didn't have no clothes on. So back then they all dressed similar in their, in their communities, right? But he didn't know. 
But you know what? It didn't, he didn't care. He took pity in the guy because that's what he knew he was supposed to do. He showed him love. Just like we're supposed to show love to someone who doesn't look the same. And you know, he put the man on his own donkey. So what does that mean? Instead of riding on the donkey to town, he had to walk on the donkey. To, I mean, walk beside the donkey with the guy on, you know. I mean, that's pretty cool, right? How many of y'all going right outside the car while the guy driving your car or something like that, you know? But anyway, it, it just don't happen that way. But we're supposed to, we're supposed to love that much. Love that much. And then he gave the innkeeper two days wages. Two days wages. Enough to hold him up for two months in the end. And then what did he say? If there's anything that I owe you when I come through, I will pay. He didn't expect anything. That's what happens with us. We expect that we need to get something in return. And when we don't, we're supposed to show love like God shows us. I mean, he first showed us love. That's why we should be able to give that love. So when you see someone on the street that, that is just not like you, are a little bit different than you. Show them the love. I guarantee you, I don't deserve the love that Jesus gave me. I don't, I don't deserve it today. I didn't deserve it yesterday. But I'm telling you what, I'm thankful that he showed me mercy and saved a person like I am. Amen. There's no other better feeling. And he goes on in 36. It says, Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of a robber? The expert of the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. He couldn't even say the Samaritan. The one that had mercy. That's all he could say. He couldn't say to his lips, the Samaritan. Someone different than him. Because probably he didn't really think. This is speculation. That he didn't even think. That this person should be put in that. Area. But I'm telling you. God loves all his creation. And his will is for all his creation to be children of God. And it doesn't matter what struggles you're going through in your life. What you're facing in your life, it doesn't matter. You hear that a lot when you talk to people. Oh, I'm not good enough. I don't want to do that right yet because I'm not ready. If you wait for that, you'll never be ready. And you'll never be good enough because we're none are. You got to be able to surrender to him. And give your life to him. 
And that's what he wants. He wants all of, of us to become children of God. I'm going to read a few more scriptures. And it comes from Romans. And it's Romans 3. Ten. There is no one righteous, not even one. Not one of us. Not one is righteous without him. 623, Romans 623. It says, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The only passage to heaven is through Jesus Christ. There's no other passage, no other way. Because it says right here, the wages of sin is death. That's hell. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. That's the two options that we have. In Romans 5, 8, it says, but God, excuse me, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we didn't even really know who Jesus was or when we're doing all the bad things against God, he still loved us enough to die on a cross and have eternal life. I'm going to read one more scripture, and it comes from Romans 10. This is one of my favorite scriptures. And it says, If you declare with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Verse 13, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is the worship team in here? Y'all can come on up, please. Sorry. Thank you. That was old age here. (laughs) So, it says, whoever, I mean, this is a time where If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, it's time because why? We only have this breath that we're breathing right now. And that's it. We don't have tomorrow. We don't know what's going to go on in our life. But I guarantee you, there is two options, and it's called heaven or hell. So I pray that everyone will take the way to heaven and go that way. But you can only do it through Jesus Christ. 
our Lord and Savior. And if anybody has a situation and they just want to lay at the feet of Lord Jesus, this is a time to do so. Don't be scared of what somebody's going to say or what somebody's going to think. There should be no fear in your heart about Jesus Christ. He gave his life for you. So there's no fear there. I'm going to say a prayer. And then we'll let them have it. Dear Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, if there's a lost soul here, Lord, today will be the day they step forward. Not struggling with fear or anything, Lord. That they feel the tug and is ready to go and give it to you. And surrender their life to you. And Lord, if it's just a, a pain or a struggle they're facing, Lord God, let them leave it here today. And Lord, I just love you. And I thank you for the gift of salvation. In your precious and holy name I pray. Amen.